Now in the Stressless Inn studio today, from the city of Bend, Elise Vukalich is with me today. Elise, I get your name right? You did. Thanks oh. for having me. Oh, thank you very much for being here today. I appreciate you taking the time to come in to the studio and take a seat in the Stressless. So first of all, tell me a little bit about you and how you ended up in the city of Bend. Yeah, so I'm an associate long-range planner for the city of Bend. I came to Bend by way of Chicago, which is where I'm from originally, and I was a planner for a couple of different cities in the Chicago area. Came to Bend three years ago and never looked back. That's the way it usually works. <laughs> so CFA is what I kind of teased with. What does CFA stand for and what is it? CFA stands for Climate Friendly Area. A climate friendly area is a designated area of a city where you don't necessarily need to use a vehicle every time you leave your home. The idea behind climate friendly areas is that if we design cities so that people have the option to walk, bike, and take transit in addition to driving, cities have the chance to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, which is where the word climate comes from. It sounds like a great idea. Are cities out there doing this on their own or why why is Bend undertaking this effort? Yeah, so this is a requirement. Cities in Oregon, as part of the climate-friendly and equitable communities rules that were implemented by the state, have to study and then designate climate-friendly areas within their boundaries. So by doing this study, we are fulfilling a requirement of the state. And we're doing this, the studies in progress now, or what's the timeline? So right now, there's a draft of our study on the website. Um, You can find that probably the easiest by just Googling climate-friendly areas, City of Bend. The study is due to the state uh, by December 31st, so we'll be submitting it next week, but it's in draft format right now. The study is a starting point for this process. It's essentially the background work that we had to complete prior to eventually designating climate-friendly areas, and that comes with changes to the city's development code. On this site, on the website, there's a map. Mm-hmm. Are these suggested areas or are these what what the city is saying, this would be good places for CFAs? Good question. So climate-friendly areas have to be a certain size. In Bend, they have to be between 275 and 350 acres. That's dependent on a couple of different policy choices um, regarding land use. So if we, as a city, choose to increase maximum building heights in CFAs to 85 feet, we need less land. If we choose to keep maximum building heights roughly where they are now, which is 65 feet in most situations, uh, we need more land because the climate-friendly area will have less capacity. So main point, between 275 and 350 acres. What we've done in the study is identify 10 different areas throughout the city. Total, these are about 1,600 acres, so we don't need all of this land. Our goal was really just to identify as many areas as possible, and learn more about them. So what we did in the study was analyze these areas based on a number of criteria, kind of learn what's in their boundaries, and rank them against one another. Okay, so these are 10 different areas uh, selected out. You've ranked them. Now, how do we know if they're ever going to end up actually being the CFAs? So that decision will come in the next couple of years. Um, We anticipate between 2025 and 2026 uh, city Council will actually make changes to the development code to implement these CFAs. If you implement a CFA, a climate-friendly area, in an existing neighborhood in the city, what's it mean for the people who already live there? That's a good question. The areas that are identified in the study, so the 10 areas, 
they're all currently in commercial or mixed-use zoning districts. So they're not your standard kind of residential neighborhood in Bend. What the actual rules say about what a climate-friendly area has to be, they're intended to be urban centers. So they're places where people live and where people work. That doesn't necessarily make sense in your average neighborhood. So the areas we've identified don't actually have a lot of housing in them. For the most part, they are commercial areas. Some of them are mixed use, so they'll have kind of higher density residential properties within them. Um, But generally, we stuck to commercial areas because we felt like that made sense. So in those particular areas, then, how do you implement? If the city says, yeah, we like this area that you picked out. Now we want to make that a CFA what happens to that area then? First, it'll start with changes to the city's development code. So city council will make the decision about how big we allow buildings to be. So like I mentioned, the maximum building height could go up to 85 feet in these areas. We also might make changes to the residential density, which measures the number of housing units that you can have on a piece of property. So that might increase as well. Um, The other way that these are implemented is upon designation, cities actually have to look within the boundaries of these areas at the bike and pedestrian network and basically identify, are there any gaps in the sidewalks? Are there any gaps in the bike system in these areas? And then make a commitment to fill those. So it's implemented through changes to the development code, which regulates buildings, and changes to the transportation system. Some of those areas uh, seem to be leaning towards that anyway. I'm thinking of the area around the Jack Straw development and, and the box factory area and the old mill, mm-hmm. that area there. There's a triplex that's going to be going up on a corner, and there's no mandated parking spots mm-hmm. for it. So it, it's like the city has already taken some steps in this direction. Correct. So climate, the climate-friendly and equitable communities rules – Um, CFAs are just one component of that. This was a set of rules that uh, really changes the way that cities regulate land use and transportation in Oregon. So removing parking mandates was another component of that set of rules that city council had to do to fulfill them. Okay. What what am I missing? What else do I need to know about a climate-friendly area? Another important thing about them is we really relied on community engagement pretty heavily in this project, and we're still looking for people to engage with us. So I would recommend, if you want to learn more, go on our website, um, check it out. There's an online story map that actually takes you through each of the 10 areas, gives you more information on them, and there's an opportunity to provide feedback. Um, The study is due at the end of the year, but it's really the starting point in this process. There will be more opportunities for engagement over the course of the next two years, and we really hope to hear from people about what they think. What sort of pushback have you gotten on this? Because it doesn't sound like there's a downside. I think it's a change, you know, like it's a change potentially in people's in the way that land is developed in the city of Bend. And sometimes that can be scary, but Climate-friendly areas are very similar to places that we already have in Bend. If you think about downtown Bend, it has businesses, it has housing, it has access to parks, it's pretty close, it's easy to walk around. That's kind of what a climate-friendly area would look like. Okay, and would that have the tendency to, as Bend becomes more gentrified, push people out into suburbs? You know, people have moved here for the small town experience. The small town is changing into a city now. Mm -hmm. And those people who want the typical uh, 
three-bed, two-bath, ranch-style house, they're going to end up having to move out of the city. I'm glad you brought up gentrification. Uh, One of the requirements of the study was actually that we as a city examine what parts of the city have residents who are most likely to be displaced. So people with lower incomes who are more vulnerable, maybe in precarious housing situations. Um, So part of the study, we did identify those areas and we actually came up with a list of strategies to mitigate displacement. So we have six main strategies. Um, Four of them are kind of citywide strategies. Two of them could be used specifically in climate-friendly areas to mitigate displacement. And we worked really closely with our housing department to come up with those. I don't know how – I guess time will tell how effective that's going to be. Because I I think of of a studio apartment in downtown Bend that rents for $1,600 a month. Mm -hmm. You know, it just gets ridiculous, and we're headed towards the same problems San Francisco and Seattle Mm -hmm. have, have had. The community really echoed that concern. Um, we heard quite a bit, will any of the housing in these climate-friendly areas actually be affordable? So it's a big consideration moving forward. Okay, so no final decisions have been made. This is a study. The state has made the cities in the state of Oregon pretty much all go through this or of a certain size? Of a certain size, so over 50,000 people. Okay. All right, Elise Vukulich. I knew I'd do it. I'm so sorry. Elise Vukulich, right? Yes. Yes. And very nice to have you in today. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, Frank. Where can people go for more info? Google Climate Friendly Areas City of Bend. That's the easiest way to find our website and check out our online story map. All right. Elise Vukalich with the City of Bend here on FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.